Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 479 on Monday, the 20th of June, 2022. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where everyone is waiting for Goodwood, so there is virtually no news. Tomorrow, it will be packed with news. Yes, it's bound to be. Nothing but Goodwood press releases tomorrow. <laughs> yes. So this week, we'll be sending thoughts and prayers to all the beanbags and whiteboards that were sacrificed for one idea. At least one of us feels like Nostradamus. And we lose ourselves down a huge Ford rabbit hole mm. and straight into what is, I am afraid, an incredibly short first part of new news. Run fast, people. Run fast. <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> Hope you're downhill. Uh, right. So we'll start with the news that in Tiddeford, Cornwall, along the A38, interestingly, there are 12 households that are going to be given plug-in purifiers thanks to the council. The area does breach the government's standards for poor air. So this is one way that a more rural council is trying to address um, address this problem where it is affecting a smaller number of people. I think it's easier to make a change where it's in a built really big high-density urban area because that clearly affects an awful lot of people a lot of the time. Hmm. But still there are air quality issues outside of towns. I'm sorry to break that to the city folk, but there are <laughs> issues outside but there the is cities. nothing outside of the M25. Except for in the summer, <laughs> for yeah. two weeks. Each so, right, when everyone from London clears off down to Cornwall. It, Cornwall, it's wonderful getting away from it all. I look forward to all the, <laughs> the queues at the uh, EV charges this year, I must say. <laughs> I think there's been some serious investment between last year and this year. I hope so. I think this is quite an interesting step, actually, which is why I I threw it in the the news item. I mean, it is only hitting 12 households, but the data that they do collect, they're going to share with Highways Agency, who are the organisation that obviously managed the the A38 along with all the other Mm. roads. Then with this information, they can look if there's things they can do to the roads and to future improvements to such roads. So instead of just making them dual carriageways and encouraging more traffic, you know, what can we what can be done to to help mitigate such problems? Yeah, exactly. Well, you could go on holiday somewhere else, people. What I did find interesting <laughs> though as well is that one of the councillors did admit that this is just a sticking plaster. Yeah. And I, I found that refreshing, actually. I think that it is it is understood that it is not a permanent solution. No. I think it's really good that it's been identified. I think it's good that something has been done. Yeah. And I also agree with you completely that I think it's great that the council have said, well, this really isn't a solution. Yeah. I would like to follow this to see if they do actually get meaningful information from it and if it does actually help those households. Yeah. Because then that maybe could be... Again, as one of the uh, steps taken, pass it out to Mm -hmm. other more rural and smaller communities affected. If nothing else, the measurement means that there's an understanding of of how bad it might actually be or might might even not be. But it's, there's a, it's an understanding. Gathering the data has to be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, talking of new data, Alan, do you want to take us to this next story or where I'm going to not talk about RPM gauges and things like that. This is quite the most bizarrely strange thing. I'm going to try. I'm going to start off trying to be good here. Quite the most bizarrely strange thing I, I've read for a while. And I still don't. I'm going to be honest, everyone. I don't don't really understand it yet, or why any of this is necessary. But 
there is a, a group has been gathered called the EPM Advisory Council, and their aim is to make it easier to see if a car fulfills your driving goals. Now, Andrew, tell me your driving goals. To safely get to where I want to get with the people or things I did and then get back again. Okay. Do you have any other driving goals? Because that's actually better than I would have managed, way better than I would have managed. Um, depending on who is in the car and the road I'm on, perhaps a little bit of fun while I'm driving. Okay. So that's all very, very easy to measure. Nice quantitative. Me- oh, no, they're not they're completely qualitative. This whole EPM thing, this EPM Advisory Council, uh, the EPM stands for Experiences Per Mile. I know, I know. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to restrain myself here. Uh, supposedly that's a new method of evaluating how effective a vehicle is at developing a positive in-car experience. And that's to make up, the reason for that is to make up for the fact that supposedly handling brand names, horsepower, power output, speed, you know, not 60 and stuff is becoming less significant and less differentiated. Maybe if the vehicles weren't becoming quite so homogenous, that might not be such an issue. <laughs> Looking at particularly so speaking one of sticking company plasters, involved in this group. <laughs> the EPM Advisory Council is made up of a number of manufacturers and suppliers, including, but not limited to, Ford, Harman International, Hyundai, LG Electronics, Nissan, Stellantis. They're trying to work out how they can how they can help meet the changing expectations and experiences of motorists. So the idea is you choose your car based on its experiences per mile score, uh, which is some, I don't know, some, some made-up number, really. Yeah, they're talking about rating such things as how well-connected the vehicle is over the journey, how productive the journey is, and how entertained. But there are others. So, for example, you could say, "Well, okay, I'm I'm looking for you know, tell me, I do lots of road trips. How good is the EPM for road trips? Or how good is the EPM for commuting?" Yeah, they do break it down to specific types of journey as well. And that's not specific to EVs, by the way. Before anybody thinks that this measure could be made up for internal combustion engines as cars as well so it's i don't understand how this varies in any way shape or form for going along and reading a decent or listening to a decent review what it is is if you look at all the companies that are involved it is all companies who wish to sell us the idea that a connected car is a wonderful thing and if you're connected we can sell you more apps and we can sell you more things to enhance your experience in the vehicle because if you look at some of the other companies that are involved it's like spotify and all these others it it is such a load of i'm not sure if i'm allowed to use this word it is such a load of consultant created toss it is it absolutely is. This is, I mean, look, there's an opportunity matrix. I'm sorry. Someone somewhere has made a lot of money out of a bunch of PowerPoint slides. That's what this, that's what's behind us. A, b- a bunch of PowerPoint slides and a big Excel sheet. If you go that's to it. the EPM website, there is actually on the front page a 
picture taken of a whiteboard with a lot of scribbles on it. Oh, God. Consult. Yes, sorry. Yes. Consulting stock photographs 101, I believe. Uh, my employer uses them in our own, <laughs> in our own literature. This, this is just, just this is no, uh, God, another no. attempt by the manufacturers and those who sell us uh, subscription services to pretend that our lives will be made immeasurably better as long as we give them even more cash. And it's just not the case. The first time I read this and and I saw the productivity bit, I thought that that was going to be, oh, good, we've got Microsoft Office in our cars or Skype. Like, you know, some of them are trying to push, but it's not. It's actually, when I read through some of the details on the actual website, because I, I was about as cross as my colleague is on this on the video call here but it's not what i feared it is does the car achieve the journey you meant it to hmm. that's what they're talking about in being productive i mean that's not oh, i don't know i just don't I mean understand why the give point it a fancy it. name did did you do what you meant to do because otherwise you don't sell the ideas no, that's I in know. the powerpoint I know, slide I andrew know. let us both remember and all our listeners what we do during the day <laughs> I do know, but this is absolute nonsense. And I hope, I hope the motoring public as well as the motoring press treat this with the contempt it deserves. My favourite here is 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 actually. Uh, so I'm going to quote from the Autocar article. It'll be linked on the show notes. And it says, commenting on the EPM index, Tom Rivers, vice president of automotive global marketing at Harman International, said. Where consumers once asked, how fast will my car go from 0 to 60 miles an hour? They now want to know how the vehicle will improve their commute or whether they can access content or people from it. I'm sorry, they don't. That's rubbish. That was also restraint. It's it's not. People don't do that. The only people who write and ask things like that are people who are making up a customer journey model. Mm. Right. I bet you. Bet you what's happened. Someone has sat down. He goes, we're going to do some customer journey modeling here, everyone. And we're going to model the customer journey of getting uh, from their house uh, to work. And uh, they've got a sports car. So uh, let's let's model the customer journey of getting the sports car and using it to commute. And it's going to be something like that. And so they go, no, that's not very good, is it? Uh, what would you be asking, Priscilla? And all these kind of things as they sit around the table or on the or on the Zoom call or, or Skype call. Uh, Teams, not Skype, Teams, Teams call. They're going to be on Teams call, aren't they? Yes, because it's awful to use. <laughs> I actually quite like Teams. I prefer it to Zoom. The, But I'm a consultant, so I would say that. Uh, the... So, <laughs> Real people don't do this. People who are using collaborative, sticky white boards to come up with ideas to sell do this. This is very similar to um, those customer clinics. It's all the key thing. Same problem. The key thing is having people good enough to ask the right questions. And this demonstrates they don't here. I propose that the questions are, the questions are, stuff this here the, the, they were asking the wrong thing about the wrong stuff I, I believe so yes that i feel is a is a reasonable summary anyway should we stop me being angry at this kind of stuff <laughs> mg has halted sales of evs in the uk <laughs> um they had actually placed the final order for the mg estate earlier this year anyway because they are expecting a replacement model but this lines up with the mg zs 
SUV. And it's not that they're not selling it, by the way. If you've ordered it, you'll still get it. Yes. It's just they're not taking more orders. That's it. At the moment, because they need to clear the demand that they already have. They're not doing a JLR, by the looks of it. What? Oh my God, look at the millions and millions of pounds we have of cars that we can't bill. <laughs> yes, quite. That's what MG are not doing. Yes. No, they don't seem to be. Uh, I'm not sure how big their <laughs> backlog is, uh, you know, in terms of, of how many they've got lined up, but uh, they're just saying that they, they're putting a pause on it for a few weeks and they expect to be able to open the order books once again uh, shortly. I mean, it says here, MG's UCAR registrations were up 86% year-to-date at the end of May, which obviously comes in over COVID lockdown years. However, we have acknowledged every month that they are properly climbing, and they're in the thousands now. Remember, for years, when new MG came along, then you, there were there were nothing. You saw rural dealers, you'd see them occasionally on the motorway, you'd see them in the sort of, in the more rural parts of the of the country. Mm. And I noticed again last week when we were in London that you start to see MGs, new MGs in in the cities. Yeah. In in the city. And and for a long time that was that was not the case. Not the case at all. I mean they had a showroom, I think they've got a new one, but they had a showroom previously in Piccadilly, which only ever contained a classic mini. By my reckoning, I think there might have been an MG3 hiding somewhere at the back. For a long time, it was nothing. And it was just like, well, what's the point of that? There's not even, you don't see their cars around. There's not even a bunch of their new cars in the showroom. <laughs> what? Why are you bothering? But they're opening that new one opposite the Ritz. I have a funny feeling that that it's going to be very successful for them. Yeah. It's, it's partly because it's not on just a car dealer death row on Piccadilly. Uh, but all... <laughs> It's just across the street. But you really, last couple of times I've been in London, I've seen noticeable numbers uh, of MG. Just, I, I don't know if it's cognitive dissonance because they looked out of place because I'm just not used to seeing them there uh, or what. But it's really impressive. Well, they're reasonably priced. They've caught the imagination of the public. Uh, they're, they're one of the more affordable EVs out there. Mm, very much. Um, with a decent-ish range. You know, I power to their elbow. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to us getting in touch with MG and trying out some of their cars. Yeah, yeah, yes. So it's, I know it's it's on my list of something that we do need to do because we we talk about them so often. We do actually need to try uh, something the I've not managed for just over a year, having promised to do it about a year and a bit ago. Yes, I know. Yeah. <clears throat> That's um, yes on my head. Be that one. It's the end of the first half. Sorry, everyone. Or part. It's not half. It's not half. It's part. <laughs> I, I was jokingly going to say that, that this week was sponsored by me and was then going to go into an advert for a Mercedes, but I, I don't need to do that now. It's Guilt Minute, everyone. The quick break in the show where we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running. If you feel the motoring podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise available from our website and spring store, from stickers to mugs and t-shirts. If you don't have any spare cash, and we do completely understand, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released, and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all that, and some of you do, so thanks very much, then the last thing you can do is recommend us to your friends or colleagues. And thank you, everyone who does. Yes, that felt retro. 
tonight. It feels like a long time since we've done that. It is a long time since we've done it. It is. <laughs> Right, uh, quickly, a bit of WRC news. Just a reminder that um, Safari Rally is starting this Thursday over the weekend. And as we, I think, WRC and all rally coverage needs to say, Loeb versus Ogier is back again. Although how relevant they'll be, who knows, particularly after the way it went in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Safari Rally is always special. I can't imagine it's easier <laughs> for anyone and they and the drivers still have the issue of so much heat in the cabin so it'll be interesting to see how that goes but that's not the only bit of motorsport news is it alan no it isn't brands hatch has launched a bus service sadly not around the track um but between but from open top <laughs> yes <laughs> Well, no. Just duck under the not. bridge. It's, it's just a bus. <laughs> okay. The bus service will run from Swanley Railway Station to the track, and it'll do that on four major race weekends, specifically four major race Sundays, I believe it is. Yes, in this year. Yeah. Yeah, this year. So it'll be possible to get the train and then get the £5 return, is it? I think it's yeah, £5. It's going return. from Azalea Drive, which is near the bus sta- uh, the train station. Mm-hmm. So £5 return bus ticket if you're over 13 to be able to get to and from the track. So I think that's a really – I saw – when this was announced, I saw quite a lot a lot of positive reaction to that, yeah. to people not having to drive, especially if they're coming out from London, just making it way more accessible to be able to get the train and then the bus. Yeah. I think that's a that's a great idea. I do. I know usually it's tricky for tracks to do this because they're – by their nature, they are far away from towns yeah. and transport hubs. Hmm. But if others can start, if this proves successful, which I imagine it really will, hopefully others okay. can look at doing something similar because mm-hmm. anything that allows more people to get there, and if you don't need the cars and it's just a case of number of people, tracks yeah. don't usually have a problem with numbers of people. It is the number of vehicles that can get there. The buses will operate between 8am and 8pm on Sunday main race days, starting from the popular summer round of the Bennett's British Superbike Championship on the 24th of July. Later on, it'll be at the British Touring Car Championship on the 9th of October and the British Superbike Title Decider a week later on the 16th of October. Uh, They will also be running uh, to and from the annual Trucks and Fireworks Spectacular on Sunday the 6th of November. I like that. Good thinking. That, that's what I think. I agree. Right. As the news has been a little bit, shall we say... Um, Scarce. Yes, that's a good word. Uh, we thought we'd do a quick roundup of our time at Move Conference because we did harp on at you all for several weeks that we were going to be there. And we actually were there. And we survived. And so did the people we were talking to, at, and with. Yes. <laughs> And some of you were there too, which was nice as well. It was absolutely lovely to meet the number of people who actually listened to the show, mm-hmm. especially some that we've never had the chance to meet before. So thank you very much for saying hello. Yes, much appreciated. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, I had a great time. So I, I was there for the Wednesday mm-hmm. and I was hosting two panels, which was nerve wracking. And nobody got up and marched off so i don't think i've ended anybody that much and i've not had any complaints since so i, I obviously didn't do too bad a job 
it was really interesting. It, I learned about lots of stuff, not just from the from the panels and about the electric charging infrastructure and what the sort of plans are there, uh, such as they are, and also about bus scheduling. I now know what a yes, I, I now know all about dynamic bus routing and all sorts of fun stuff, which I had not the faintest clue about before. It was interesting, but it wasn't just that in the the talks. Andrew, I, I attended one of the talks from. A chat from Bentley, whose name has completely skipped my mind just there. And it was really, really interesting, mm. all about the factory there and what they're trying to achieve. And I think that that's, and that along with some other stuff and some other companies we met, yeah, I think is going to be, I really hope that later this year we'll, we'll have some, some cracking, right? Um, some cracking special editions for you guys as a result. I think so as well. Yeah. The- I mean, the only criticism I'd have of the conference was there was so much going on at the same time that I wanted to be at. Yes. There was 10 or 11 uh, stages uh-huh. that honed in on a particular topic. We were, well, I I was, and then you came and joined at the uh, electric vehicle stage. Mm. Uh, I was hosting the morning, introducing the talks and the panels. And then there was like the autonomous vehicle. There was There was things like pricing and ticketing, which... You don't think about as a user because it's it's part of the thing. But they had a specific stage just for that sort, and I thought, oh, actually, mm-hmm. that is that's the key. One of the most key components is making that as seamless and nice and easy and as painless as possible. And so, you've got, of course, people are really hone in and on that. So there was so much from so many bits to do with mobility. Some of it was not relevant to what I'm interested in, but. The fact he he did not. Can you believe this, everyone? He did not go and get the what three words of his home address <laughs> engraved on a small tag. I tried to persuade him. I said, Andrew, this will be a wonderful keepsake. And he used some very naughty words at me in response. I just c- could not believe his attitude. <laughs> Weren't the only one, though. It was amazing to see so many energised people. I know that sounds so trite. That was well. really pretentious. Well done. I know, but there was so many positive people. All because okay. No, you're 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 absolutely right. I'm making fun of you, but you're right. We're cynical and we we mock a lot of things, particularly on this show, but on Twitter and everything, particularly your car Twitter. It's very easy for us to point and mock other things because it's it's not that relevant to what we do or what we're interested in. But it was so refreshing to see such positivity. Even when I'm just chatting to random people, because I was chatting to a lady who um who's from Amazon who helps order their vans and stuff mm-hmm. and just chatting to her she was so positive about stuff it was I was like taken aback one because I was in public but you know and I'm not used to people but <laughs> there were a lot of people that was a heck of a culture shock to me after a lot yes so I mean we didn't really go down the um what was it the uh what was the area that had them all crammed in? Oh yes, well, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the that, startup. That, that, that the was startup me. The, the startup zone was just a little bit. Everyone was a little bit close for me. Everyone was elbows elbow in that. At the minute, I and I'm I'm still not quite there. There were three and a half thousand people in essentially the one big room. That was more than enough for me. Thanks. Yes, but it was also great to actually speak to some of these people because the press releases don't get the story across or the information across in a way. I, mean, I, I also got to speak to BSI as well. 
Did you? Um, and I think there'll this be a couple of... This is news to me as well, folks, because we haven't had a chance to catch up on this yet. <laughs> <laughs> there'll be a couple of shows coming out of that. They're working particularly hard with mobility mm-hmm. um, about uh, the access to EV chargers. And it's not as simple as we think they just need to be able to get to the charger. There's a whole host of issues like the weight of cables, but the cables yeah. weigh that for a particular reason. So there's all sorts of stuff like that. I also got to uh, chat to them about autonomous vehicles, funnily enough, um, no. <laughs> and stuff. So there's there's a lot to follow up there. I came across a um, company that have air monitoring, and they right. share that data with councils and stuff. And they can. And they just, it just looks like a little speaker box. Mm-hmm. That they they sort of strap to a a lamppost or something, and that data then gets fed back to a portal that the councils can access, so they can see in live wow. how the air is in particular areas. That potentially leads to sort of mobile low traffic networks mm-hmm. where cars will get banned possibly from air, or you know, there's there is the possibility to to react live mm, to things instead of making them you know a constant. Mm-hmm. It, it, so I found that very interesting that it wasn't just a there is only one way to do it. I enjoyed the chat we had with the with the scooter rental company mm-hmm. and they're focusing on hard to use badly scooter uh, rental e-scooters. Mm. I thought that was really interesting and just the the chap saying that the biggest challenge they have is two kids riding on it. Because two kids riding on it can add up to one larger adult. <laughs> yes and and that's of all of the challenges there are that's probably the hardest one and they're having to be rather smart about it so there was that and then to us i i found bright drop very interesting uh as well so uh offshoot of gm last what sort of last 10 mile delivery i suppose mm-hmm. uh, and then right down to the last 100 yard delivery and the sort of integrated system that they're putting together for that with fans and with uh, sort of uh, semi-powered trolleys and, and all sorts of things like that. Mm. Lots of really clever stuff across a massive field of everything from bus scheduling to uh, to electric diggers. Yep. You know, that, that that's the kind of scope there was. Really, really interesting day out and got to meet some really, some really nice and some really impressive people as well. Really good. Absolutely. <laughs> but that's not the only place you were out and about a lot this week. I have been out and about a lot. Anyone who's watching the video can can tell I, I maybe forgot to put on sun cream yesterday because <laughs> I was at Bista Scrum uh, yesterday as well. Thank you very much, uh, Dave Monks, for the ability to use your ticket when you couldn't go. Much appreciated. And the appropriate donation was made to a well-known uh, motorsport charity as well, uh, who then let me sit in their blower Bentley. So I was a business on the scramble yesterday. I saw loads and loads of people. It was really nice to see loads of people and bump into you all and chat to you and and hopefully not ignore you and see lots of lovely cars as well. I, th- I think the things that, that make a scramble special, obviously, are the location, which is sort of quite cool and interesting. But also the mix of, of vehicles there are. So there's all lots of lots of nice things, everything from Renault 5s, both turboed and non <laughs> and all sorts of bits and pieces and then you sort of turn the corner and then there's a display of Le Mans cars which you can't normally see outside a sort of top tier vehicle museum definitely manufacturer owned I mean obviously the the airfield bit 
doesn't have any trees because it's an airfield um but in in and around the buildings there's, yeah it's a very lovely green space with a lot of historic red brick buildings as well but it's when you do that you wander around the corner and then you discover that there's there's some of you might see my tweet that hang on a minute i know that car that car was on the poster that hung above my bed for well over a decade when i was a child <laughs> it was on my favorites and it's there it's it's there it's right in front of me that's so cool and i wasn't expecting that and it was just cracking you know just just oh, just nice mm. and it was a lovely day as 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 evidenced by my red face and just great especially as a, a chance to catch up with a, with a whole lot of folk before clearing off for a little while so what we've done is we've included a thread of photos by one of the people that i did spend some time with and natted to and all the usual stuff that we do when we end up together and that was rich gooding uh, occasional guest host on here but he was he, he was out with his camera and uh really darn good thread of of darn good photos uh that he took covering the sort of gamut of it and just they're just nice photos guys so go have a look and have a scroll through and it just gives a really nice idea of the kind of chilled out atmosphere as well yep thank you to everyone i did see by the way uh i'm sorry if you saw me and i didn't see you and yes there were some folk that i didn't get a chance to catch up with or didn't get a chance to catch up with a second time as well just because i i ended up lots of people and then all of a sudden realized what the time was and that i needed to be uh in hampshire uh for a time i'd promised and and i <laughs> missed it by half an hour anyway so yeah so it was a bit of a bit of a rush towards towards the end there there's something else I was going to say, and I've now forgotten what it was. They've released the time for the next one. That was part of it. If you're quick, you might well still be able to get a ticket for October. Well, I can't. I'm sure they can't really guarantee the sort of lovely sunny weather that there was yesterday. Nice day out. Recommended. Not cheap, but recommended. Right, I'm going to take us to Designer's Mood Board and the news that Miles Nuremberger has actually returned to Aston Martin. You can't see the smug little smile on his face right now, <laughs> where he made a guess. He made a guess a few Spur weeks of the ago. Moment guess. Spur of the moment guess. Just spouted it out loud and was greeted by a number of messages saying, who told you? <laughs> but it's actually been, been officially, uh, officially, officially announced now. Yes, so Miles Nurberger is going back to Aston Martin and also is his uh, partner. Um, she has left uh, the Renault Group and she's going to be the creative director of interiors and brand partnership uh, there. So their remits have sort of grown and widened slightly um, from what they were previously. I think this is fab news for Aston Martin. Yeah. They both clearly love the brand. They love what they do. So mm -hmm. I, I think this is can only be good for Aston Martin. Yeah, now I've heard that this is only part of the things which have uh, which are sort of changing back. Um, some things were changed and, uh, over the last few months and were incredibly unpopular right the way from staff to customers to dealers. And I believe that there's a certain amount of stuff being wound back to how it was before because it was actually better. Yep. It apparently took, uh, if you uh, don't click through on the Car Design News article, it took two days from a phone call to the contract being in place for him to return <laughs> so a proper heck yes yeah type response i think excellent that's really cool no that's great because uh, like i say 
he he clearly loves the brand and and, and so does his partner and to be fair it's not like their vehicles and stuff and interiors were poor was it no not really so do you want to take us to our lunchtime read? A lunchtime read uh, this week is from Goodwood Road and Racing, and it's by Andrew Frankel, and it's titled My Trip to Italy with Sir Sterling Moss. Uh, and it's excellent. So what's it about, Alan? <laughs> well, you'll never guess, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew Frankel and Norman Dewis decide to completely ignore Sterling. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> It's it's really good. It's, it's an absolute cracker. Go go read it. It's about the Millie Millie. It really comes across how fond he is of uh, of Norman and Sir Sterling, uh, mm-hmm. and what a what a wonderful time that weekend or longer than weekend was that trip was. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it the writing I think is is just lovely. Andrew Frankel, what'd you expect? Yeah, uh, but no, definitely well worth ten fifteen minutes of your time to read that lovely piece and some really nice photos as well yep yep a link as always in the show notes mm-hmm. right uh, we haven't mentioned Haggerty yet so here we go obligatory almost we're open for sponsorship folks yes we are we must actually give them a shout we are at the list of the week and this is the evolution of the supercar in 10 giant leaps so therefore 10 supercars that Moved the needle on when it comes to supercars for us all. So, Alan, out of all these 10, I'm not going to pick because it's uh, there's only 10. Is there one that rises above all the others for you? Yes. Okay. It's like you've taken time to think about it. So, which one is it? McLaren F1. Okay. Should come I as no surprise to myself, to be honest. Yes. I managed to also guess yours, by you the did. way. You did. We're not going to tell you. You. Why not tell us in the <laughs> tell us in the comments below what do you think Andrew's favourite is? Actually, do get in touch. Let us know what you think. Uh, what you think Andrew's Andrew's favourite was from this list and the one he chose. The picture for the McLaren is absolutely gorgeous. Well, McLaren is absolutely gorgeous, but yes, I, I do tend to find that the gold li- <laughs> that lining the engine bay with gold leaf does tend to do special things to the lighting. Yes. I don't think it'll do it's the same quite the same to my Bilingo, but you know, I'll give it a go. <laughs> it's by Mike Mayers um for Gooding and Company, by the way, the 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 photo. So uh so it is lovely. Just to give yep. credit where credit's due. Yeah, there are some stunning cars in this list as you would imagine. Yeah. I, I wouldn't object to any of them really. No, you wouldn't you wouldn't kick any of them out of the bed for farting. No. No. Uh <laughs> I can't actually link to that in any way, shape, or form. I hope so. Not. Let, let's move to the end. <laughs> finally, I think. Uh, finally, this week, Via Jalopnik is telling us that the new Ford Heritage Vault website contains over four uh, over four thousand. It does contain over four thousand. It also contains over five thousand historical items from the Ford Vault uh, available to see online. There's images, there's brochures, all sorts of bits and pieces. From between 1903 and 2003. That's the range of dates. And there's some crackers included in this Jalopnik story as well. The Seattleite concept uh, image there, 
with its four front wheels and two rear wheels and slight pinkness. It's like a very American sports version of Fab One, really, isn't it? Of the same sort of era. Just some lovely stuff there. Lots of cool things. For anyone who leans towards wondering about cars and society and the Mm. influence either way, this is a brilliant resource for looking back at how how society or how people were looking towards the future i i do love i do love the you know this was the future once type type stuff which makes me rather sad about the future now yes <laughs> reminds me of yeah. that conversation we were having last week about design from wonderful street architecture design like mm. street lamps bins Yes, post boxes we were, yeah. to now is is very much a the, the terrible it has regression. To hit this figure on an, a spreadsheet in terms of cost, therefore it doesn't really matter how it looks. It, it's sickening, and then you end up with a near car. And well, you know, it's uh, good design doesn't actually cost money. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Just lots of really nice stuff. It is. It's great. Good luck if you click on the if you click on the link and venture in. Good luck if you can come out within a couple of hours. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It is It is great that they've made this available, though. There's a story on Jalopnik linked in the show notes. It's fordheritagevault.com, all one word, uh, if you want to go straight there for, I don't know, avoiding geomedia's trackers and stuff. So, yeah, that's a cracker. That's a really good and finally. That's what we like from and finally. So, uh, yep. If you've got any and finallys uh, like that that you think we should cover, then do a let us do let us know. Yep, absolutely. Right, parish notes, just one. We should be back to Tuesday next week. Yeah. And this is everyone sitting down, Alan's last episode from the fair shores of the UK. For the time being. For some time. It will be. Uh so yes, we'll see you next Tuesday. I'm not allowed to record the week after that, partly because I have no idea what internet connection I'll have. And and so somebody has told me that I'm not doing podcasts on the week of the first of the fourth of July. No, we're removing at least one tiny element of stress from your life, Alan. I'm <laughs> sure you will have plenty more to fill the void. I made the mistake of putting on a blood pressure monitor earlier on today, <laughs> and, and then took it off again. And it's like it's like whoa! I didn't know they could read numbers like that. It goes to four digits. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the first time I went to, oh heck, I'm not meant to. Run. I think I had didn't have it on properly, to be honest. So, uh, so that's what you told the that'll doctor. Be go- <laughs> that'll be going on free cycle before breakfast tomorrow morning. Rubbish. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I think for this week. So don't forget that between now and next week, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts, show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of MotoringPodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Remember, you can support us financially via Patreon, and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via the contact page of the website, because I'm not on Twitter at the moment. Um, so if you go there and then it, go, the email goes through to Alan, who then passes it on because it isn't automatically forwarded to me. But Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally and don't want to use the contact page, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, you can use Twitter to get in touch with me where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y for those of you who miss whenever I spell it out. We'll be back very soon. Until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.